What's up, what's up, everybody? Michael Johnson here with the Business Choreography Podcast, and I'm excited you joined me today because today we have a very special guest. Today we have the privilege of having Darren Horwitz on the show. He's the founder of 1010 and a leading brand implementation firm that helps organizations plan, build, and manage brand change with extensive experience in guiding future, or sorry, Fortune 500 and global brands across industries. Darren has a proven track record of delivering measurable results in brand optimization. Known for his passion for details, hard work, and forging lasting relationships, Darren brings optimism and enthusiasm to every endeavor, and we are going to get that today. I'm excited for you to meet him. I'm excited for you to glean some of his wisdom and his journey, and I'm excited for you to be here on today's show. So let's cue the intro, and we'll jump right in. Listen, there's a lot to learn when growing and scaling your business. That's why we created the Business Choreography Podcast, where we talk about choreographing your marketing, operations, and sales into dynamic systems that increase your revenue and your impact. We'll explore solid business principles and discuss all things that make businesses dance to success with clarity. We'll help you figure out where the holes are in your business and what you can do to fix them. Think of us as your official business choreographers, aka your insider growth strategists. Remember, your choreography matters. Welcome to the Business Choreography Podcast. Welcome to the show, Darren. I'm excited you're here today. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. And in listening to the intro, uh, not just Fortune uh, 100 and 500 companies, but yes, future companies as well. We help those that are starting up and going through a new uh, business. We're there to help them as well. So I actually like that. I'm going to have to leverage that when I start to introduce myself. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Thanks. Well, I'm excited to hear your uh, your journey. We love to start with backstory and talk about the winding road that is this uh, experience of being an entrepreneur. And uh, and let's share with them how you got here, because I'm sure it wasn't a straight path. Uh, it it most definitely was not. Um, let me say it was with a lot of help uh, <laughs> along the way. I've had a lot of help and. Because I've gotten help, I I also am a firm believer in helping others through their journeys. But um, I I grew up in a in a television household. My father was a news producer, and oh, wow. so so I I grew up really um, love my father, and he's awesome and very different now that he's retired. But it was a very um, very driven household of time management and things. I mean, I can remember every night uh, we'd be watching the news. His He was a Cronkite producer, so we would watch that. And he'd have calls at certain times. And everything was about putting these shows together. And it was, it was really phenomenal. And it led me down a path where I started my career in television, slightly different, working for Geraldo and Montel. Uh, oh and then <laughs> very, very different, but yeah. still in television and and really i gravitated towards this idea of, of production and when i left um ultimately i was at hbo and i left hbo and i got into the world of, of branding and it was really at a time when it was about corporate identity work and it was i was doing production i was making the files for the business card it was really just one file after another um working on these big brands and but just being responsible for uh, it could be a brochure template. It could be anything like that um, and, and getting my hands dirty in that. And I ultimately started a business before 1010 where we specialized in doing outsourced production work for the brand agencies. And it was just, it was unglamorous, uh, but it needed to be done. And it was 
thousands and thousands of logo files that we were building for people who did the design. They just needed the artwork done. So we did that. And when I sold it, I, I went to my client uh, who, who was at Interbrand, a global brand agency. And I said, well, now what do I do? I, I, I can't retire. And he said, well, have I got a project for you? <laughs> and he brought me over to Interbrand and he became, he was a friend, he was a boss, but he was also really a mentor. And, and I was really fortunate at Interbrand to go through what I call a paid education. And really I was, I was getting paid to learn and, and push boundaries and really understand the nuances of branding and, and the needs of clients. And a couple of key things that came out of this, which have led me to where I am. The first thing was as a production person, we were often at the end of every project. And when you get to the end of every project, there's no time and there's no budget. <laughs> and we were always sitting there like, well, what just happened? We have no resources. Why is this? And it was because the decisions of how projects were being planned were done in the upfront by, by account people who were very good at what they did, but really didn't necessarily understand what we needed. And so we decided to turn this upside down. And I started to think about learning the needs of others. And that very similar to television production, which is you speak a little bit of everyone's language to pull a show together. I'm sure you can appreciate this with a podcast. So I started to do this with every single work stream. And rather than just go in and say, we need, we need, we need, it was, well, here's what we do at the end. Let's back this up and start to understand what does design need to get the job done so that they can give us what we need? What does strategy need to do to get to design? What does verbal need to do to write to the pieces? And we started to ask people what their needs were. And in doing this, we started to capture timelines, scopes of work, and everything that were realistic. And we started to represent the other groups. So we were able to then get in front of clients and talk about realistically what it takes to get the job done, all of this by protecting what we needed on the back end to do our job. So we, we learned the trust of others and learned a little bit of their language. So that was one big thing that I saw uh, and, and, and helped influence a change. The other thing was, remember we were working on uh, rebranding Humana Insurance and the, the head strategist came down and said, client wants to know what it's gonna take to rebrand. Do you have any sense? And I said, well, actually, yes, I can figure this out. And so we started to think about not just saying, you need these basic things, but really getting under the hood of what they do and how they use their business to figure out what they needed in what order um, and thinking about the best way to implement this. Again, having the trust of every department within your brand. And then at the same time, starting to say, and not only is this the right way to approach it, but if you change your strategy on implementing your brand, we can save you probably about 20 some odd million dollars by changing the strategy. So ding, 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 there's there's idea number two, right? We're figuring out how to get things done. Now we're starting to get smart about it. We're starting to find where savings are. We're feeling good. And then this third moment came along where um, somebody said to me, hey, when you start planning with these clients for rebrands, rather than tell them what they need, why don't you try and make it more interactive? I said, you know, you're right. Nobody wants to be told. We should ask them what they do. And based on what they do, we can then start to think about what they might need, knowing that everybody is slightly different. We never had that opportunity to ask people. It was always create a plan in a back room, we'll sell it, then you go do it, and then you can start to talk to people after the fact. But this was the first time we were being brought in up front. And it was a great moment where I really just saw the whole thing coming together, what, what has really turned into 1010 now. After that, I was offered a job 
a future brand to try it all over again. I built out a department. I was brought on to help lead the implementation of American Airlines. And I really started seeing this thing come to life in the way I wanted to approach it. And then it got to this point where all of a sudden I started to realize I, I wanted something different in life. I wanted to do more of the work. I wanted to be with the clients. I wanted to be with my family who I hadn't seen in like eight years from working at the agencies. And I, I recognized that my journey was to take this from production and go to producer, which again, just really solidified everything I'd been doing, bringing it back to, I guess, where my passion was with television and really understanding that and now applying it. And it allowed me the opportunity to say, I think there's a different way that I can do this. And I started 1010. And I remember being really anxious and giving notice. And my boss was great. And he walked in to give me notice. He said, well, hold on. Don't just quit. Let's let's make this a transition. We'll be your first client. And I was like, wow, this is great. And we launched 1010 over eight years ago. Wow. At that time, we've done over, we've helped over 100 rebrands bring them to life through our planning process or working with them to build out the tools or even thinking through their brand governance, their brand governance plan. So it's really, to me, I get to do what I love. I get to do it in the way that I love doing it. I get to help people and organizations and I get to sit here and talk to people like you and tell them all about this. So I, I, I'm kind of living the dream here, you know, it's I love it. for me. I don't know about anybody listening, but I love it. So. <laughs> No, that's great. I love it. And, you know, we, we, uh, you touched on a lot of the, the winding road as you went. And, and so I'm going to pull out a few things that I heard and, and let's dig into those. First of all, I mean, obviously we're talking a lot about, uh, branding and rebranding and, and understanding those things. So I have a number of different questions. Uh, first of all, let's speak to some of our larger, uh, listeners. And let me ask you, when do you know, when, when would one of these larger companies know that it's time for a rebrand uh, and, and being able to step into that and saying, okay, it's, it's time to spend the money on this and it's time to put the effort and energy into uh, the process and the systems that go into the rebrand. That's a, that's a, a very interesting point in uh, consideration. So there are, I think there are many different reasons. And, and just touching on the money aspect, that's the one that I think people start with and they, they say, oh, this is going to be too much. And I think the opportunity is to first figure out your business strategy and why you're doing this and what you need to do. And then we often work with clients to figure out the right way to get there because it can be scalable. And whether you're a large client or a small client, um, you know, whether we, we just did work with the army uh, who had just gone through a rebrand or, or a small regional hospital system or even uh, uh, practice. I think the questions are the same, which is, has your business evolved to a point where your brand is not resonating in the same way? Are you reaching people in the same way where there's still this connection? And if there's not a connection, maybe it's time to think about this. That doesn't mean you need to throw out your logo. Um, we, we, we think about it as you can rebrand with a new logo or that can be expensive. Maybe it's about refreshing what you have and making it work better. Maybe it's about thinking about better messages or language that you use, or maybe it's about thinking about modernizing your imagery or your color palette. So I think there's a whole range of things that you can do to reach and engage your audience in a more relevant way. So that might be one big reason. Um, 
maybe you're selling new products where or service lines where it no longer makes sense to call yourself a company based on one offering. It's it's now about a larger offering. That might be another reason. In the case of healthcare systems, there's a lot of mergers and acquisitions going on. So they don't necessarily have a choice. They're, somebody's being acquired or they're merging together and it's about signaling that change to the marketplace. So I think there's a bunch of different reasons. And then there's always the reason of, I'm a new CEO, I have a new vision, I wanna signal this change and transformation again, leading back to a business vision, but now I want to put my own DNA into this. And I think this is a good opportunity to signal to people that we are something new and different. Maybe it's not about giving up our old stuff, but it's about how do we bolster this? How do we showcase it in a different way that resonates? So I think there's a few different things in there that might lead to that question. And then once you figure that out, then we could talk about the money. I love that. So we talked a little bit about the smaller side too. So let's, let's dig into that. You know, in the in the early stages of bootstrapping a company and and putting it together, brand oftentimes gets uh, put to the wayside. You know, it's about message to market match. It's about getting some traction and and getting your uh, roots underneath you so that you know you have the ability to keep going. But at what point is it uh, one of the more important things to put brand as a priority? And and how what signals that? How do how can some of these smaller companies go? Okay, yeah, this is it's time. It's time for me to to put that at the top of the list. You you know, there's an interesting point in there, which is, I mean, let's let's first define what we mean by brand because I think brand can be everything. It's the easy things to think of, the tangible things of your logo and you know what you, what you put out there in the way of messaging. But I think your brand is also your promise to people, and so consistent experience and delivery of what you're doing is really critical. You know, I, listen, we're, we're a small business. We, we launched our own brand. We followed our own advice and we went through the whole exercise of figuring out what is our brand. So the questions that you ask are, is this Darren and co am I going to use my name? What's my vision for the future scalability? Where do I think there's value or is it 1010 group? And, and why is that? And we went to a naming expert. When we first started, we invested a little bit of money in the naming. Uh, we also looked at our audience of who we're trying to sell to. And we said, we need a brand that can stand up when we're working with the global branding and design agencies, as well as the companies that hire them. So we need to be able to be seen as part of that ecosystem in a way that that stands out. Hopefully we've achieved that. But um We've also evolved our brand over over the last eight years to push and push and be better. I think first and foremost to me, when I started 1010 was, what am I selling? Can I credibly deliver on this? Is it true to who I am and what I want my business to be? And then based on that, let me start thinking about the messaging and the visual expression. And I think it was, again, starting with the business point of this, which is making sure I'm on solid ground there. And that took me, I thought I had it. It was six months. I, and, and somebody, I had two people who helped me with this first decision, which was, I explained to a colleague of mine as I was planning to leave my job and do this, 
And I was trying to say, you know, I think I can help organizations and it's not always about a rebranding. He goes, oh, it's kind of like love it or list it for branding. Maybe <laughs> you, you're going to go get a new brand, but maybe you just want to make your brand better. And I said, yeah. And, and there's about change. And he's like, I love it. That's great. And I stuck with that. And then I went to the Humana client who I remain friends with. And I said, I'm thinking about launching this company. And he said, well, I get why I'm using a rebrand, but what if I'm not rebranding or changing my brand? What, what can you do for me? Because are you expecting to live on rebrands? I said, wow, that's really interesting. That threw me back for several months. And that's where I, I took a step back. I didn't quit my job. And I really thought about how to solve that problem from my clientele's point of view. And the answer that I came up with was plan, build, manage. You're either planning for a rebrand, in which case we can help you. And here's how we help you going through this based on our experience. You're building it out and either you have people that you can work with internal teams or external partners, or you don't, in which case we can help you build the tools or you're in maintenance mode. Maybe this is about education and training. Maybe this is about doing a diagnostic of where your brand stands today. Maybe it's about asking yourself, is your brand still connected to your business uh, strategy or do we need to pull certain levers to to strengthen it. It's really about an opportunity of taking stock in what you have, but it took some time to get there. So that's when I came up and I said, okay, plan, build, manage, great. Now we can launch, we need the, the MVP of branding. I need a PowerPoint deck, I need a case study, I need a website, I need a really good heavy stock business card at the time when we were still handing out business cards. Um, and I need a storyline that says, I have two key audiences. I need to speak to them both. That was a tricky one. The corporations and the agencies, and they're slightly different. And then let's just go and try it. And then it's refine and scale and grow and refine and scale. And that's no different whether you're a small business, I think, or a big business. You're still, you should always be looking at how you evolve and scale in all of your branding tools. So I, I don't, is that... Absolutely. I don't know if that resonates or, or no, no, I, I'm answering it, your question. Yeah, it absolutely does. And and it leads me right to the next place where, okay, so we've talked about the small side. We talked about the, the larger side. Let's, let's just land ourselves right somewhere in the middle, that medium-sized business. And, you know, with so much information coming out in the, in the internet space and in, in today's world, it's really easy to get confused and it's really easy to get – uh, just bombarded by so many different versions of what branding is. I can, uh, I love to use this as an example as well. You, you know, a lot of people say they're marketers, but the problem is, is that everybody throws the term around so much now that you have to actually literally, literally dig into what kind of marketer are you? Do you do social media? Are you just, are you a funnel person? Are you doing SEO? Are you building websites? And all of them will call themselves marketers. And there are 50 other versions as well. So the term marketing has sort of been, I don't know, maybe the word cheapened is there. <laughs> like it's, I call, it's I call not, these umbrella words. They're yeah. umbrella words that, like I say, brand implementation is an umbrella word. To me, Absolutely. that's a fancy way of saying, I'm a guy who gets things done, right? <laughs> and and branding is a big umbrella word. What does that mean? And I think marketing is the same way in the way you're describing it. Yeah, it's it's tough, right? So if we dig into that umbrella word of branding, I mean, I feel like I hear a lot of things being bombarded into the system about what branding is. So let's talk a little bit more mid-range. Like what are, let, let's start from 
what are the the easy things of branding what are the the not so easy things and what are the really sure. hard things so i will tell you the my favorite go to just definition of how to explain to somebody in lay terms what your brand is and i didn't make this up but i love it your brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room i love that and so branding i would then say not to too nuanced into this, but I think that's, it's, it's the tools that go with it. And so there's the tangible side and there's the intangible side. So there's the stuff that you can see. And I think there, that is, what is it? What does it look like? What does it sound like? What does it feel like? If you're Apple computer, all of these things matter in the tactile way of what that experience is. But then there's the other side, like the people. And those are the, that's, that's still part of your brand, your culture. Again, thinking about Apple, you walk into an Apple store and there is a culture that's palpable. You walk in there, it's everything you see, it's everything you touch, it's everything you hear. In some cases, it's what you smell. Um, and it's the people you engage with in the way they engage with you to where as a consumer, they have done a really solid job of managing your expectations that you know exactly what you're going to get and it's consistent almost every single time. I think all of that, if I walk away from that and I'm telling you this, they're not in the room. That's the brand. That's what they, that's what they want. So the, the tangible things are the easy things, but I think the ones that we want to remember are the people. So a mid-sized company, you have employees. You want to make sure that they know what you stand for, that it's consistent from employee to employee. There should be no difference at my dinner table about who I work for and what that means from your dinner table when you tell your family. Or if I tell my mother what I do for a living and who I work for, I should be able to explain this in the way that she gets. Um, and I think every employee from leadership down to frontline workers, down to back office workers to uh, freelancers should understand that. And that's all baked into this concept of brand. But really it comes down to my belief is your brand is the sum of all your experiences coming together in any way, shape, or form, whether it's that web page or not. So I think to do it well, you need to pay attention to this. And I think you need to have a really good center of gravity and, and a centralized set of decisions that you're making about what the pieces are how you say it, how you express yourself, how you teach it. And then you cascade that information out. And the farther out you get, it may need to flex, but it should still feel like it's part of the family. And I think all of that is your brand. It should feel, I should be able to throw everything on the table and get why they're on that table. Or I should be able to walk into a store and get why it's in the store. Right. Um, or why that person's working at the store, even I guess more to the point. So, Right, right. Well, I love it. And obviously the show is called business choreography. So uh, to, to just sort of kick back to that, it, there is just some incredible choreography that goes into doing what you do. You know, you have to put all of those pieces together, get all of the parts talking to each other. And it's a, a finely tuned show to really get that brand to come together in its, in its full grandeur. And, and Apple, like you used as an example, has gone to great lengths to choreograph the experience, not only from inside their company and their, their staff, their team members, but all the way through to 
what it feels like, looks like, sees, <laughs> uh, seems like when you open a box of one of yeah. their products. And, and that all fits into that branding. But, but can you speak to that choreography and how you've learned to do that for the brand? So the first thing, going back to my inner brand lesson, is the first thing I – we start by – when somebody's going through a rebrand, um, because that's often where we're, we're brought in to help them figure this out, the first thing we do is bring people to the table. Because – and going back to this idea of marketing, it, the, the watch out is that marketers – not all and, and not every one of them, but oftentimes they're looking at a rebrand or building a brand with a marketing point of view, as, as, as you brought up. And they forget that there's other people in this organization that might use the brand in a different way. So we often say we, we're going we're gonna to bring people to the table to figure out what they're thinking, feeling, what the objectives are going to be as you roll this out, what their needs are most importantly. Oh, we know what the needs are. They need this, this, and this. How do you know what the needs are? Have you asked them? Well, well, no, but this is what we do. We're, we're this department. Okay, well, humor us. Let's bring them to the table. And sure enough, inevitably, we say, is this something you do? And, and somebody might say, no, no, we never do that. And somebody at the other end of the table says, hold on, I do that all day long. And so there's this great <laughs> moment where we're seeing it holistically, but they're learning from one another. And they're starting to talk about what each of them does. And then they're starting to recognize that, there's a greater solve for all of this. So I love that moment because everybody has their day jobs, but the place we start is by bringing them to the table and saying, let's just wrap our arms around everything. We'll find the common threads. We'll find the most efficient way to get you through this. But the way we're going to do that is by asking people to come join the conversation. And it does a couple of things. One, yes, we're hearing what their needs are, but two, they're now feeling heard. And they're part of a solution. They're not just being dictated. Here's what the brand is. Go use it. Do this, do this, do this. They're, because it may not work. What they're saying is, hey, I want to do the right thing. You got to tell me what the right thing is. And then you got to make sure I have the right tools to do the right thing. So we work with organizations to figure out what are those right tools? How do we cascade this information? What's the best way to get there? And in doing so, we are cataloging all the different places that your brand lives. And that's part of really what our sweet spot is, is uncovering all the nooks and crannies and where your brand lives, how it's being used, what what's a priority, what's not. And then again, how do you protect yourself on the back and you're making a big investment? What do you need to do to ensure that this investment, whether it's a new logo or just a refresh or an education will stick and, and will make life easier? And, and I think to one of the points you made earlier, it doesn't just... Um, or my interpretation of your point, it doesn't spiral out the further out from the core that it gets so that it maintains connected and the experiences are the same. And you end up gaining that loyalty from a consumer. I mean, as you said, Apple, I, I get excited every time I'm waiting for that package to show up and it's like, oh, there's my new product. Yeah, it's cool. absolutely. So there, yeah, there's a lot of moving pieces and, and we just, we specialize in trying to help people bring them together and, and not get freaked out by it, but really just say, oh, okay, there's more going on and I can use some help. And, and, and that's what a plan will do for them. It's so important. I think that people understand that that's why you hire an expert in, and somebody that you can leverage their expertise and knowledge because, well, I can choreograph a, an incredible waltz or a cha-cha from my past ballroom dance days, uh, you know, there's there's a lot to being said to come to you to say, hey, can you choreograph this 
this brand element that I need done in the business because you do it every day and you work with these different companies and you've seen what works and what doesn't work. And uh, the value in that is huge. And so to be able to come and, and glean your wisdom and your eyes for that piece of branding choreography is invaluable. So talk to us a little bit about what it would look like. Somebody sure. out there is listening right now and they're going, oh my gosh, yeah, this, this sparked some some ideas and and some energy and and this concept and I need to move forward with it. What does it look like to to come in and work with you guys? Yeah, thank you. Well, first off, uh, let me applaud you for knowing how to dance. I envy you for that. <laughs> People are not coming to me for that one. Um, <laughs> but I think so. So typically, what you'd see is they would come to us and someone's going through a rebrand it and or they've just gone through it and they're saying now what? But there's a big question now what? So you you can see I need a logo. I need colors, I need images, that's great. But now what, what do we do with this? And so we come in and as I mentioned, we bring people to the table, we start to catalog where the brand lives. And there's some basic questions that we try and address pretty quickly, which is what do I need? How long is it gonna take? Who's gonna do the work? How are we gonna get this out there? And of course the big one, how much does all this cost to go through a rebrand, right? right? And so we go through this exercise of cataloging what they do by asking them, again, going back to the learnings. I'm not going to just tell you what you need because I've seen this a thousand times. I'm going to ask you what you do, and I'm going to make my recommendations because I've launched that many brands that I know how to bob and weave and where it makes sense. So once we get an understanding of what they do, we then make the recommendations of what they need to do in preparation, whether it's build out marketing collateral templates, it's the website, it's whatever we're doing, the education. And we line this all up and we say, here's all the things that we think you need based on what you do when we map it. And it's a whole mapping exercise. And they say, yep, that's right. We look for nodding heads. We say, great. Based on that and based on when you want to launch, which is inevitably shorter than we would recommend. <laughs> and usually at the beginning of the new year, which is also the, a tough time. Right. Um, but we say, okay, well, here's the timeline for all these different work streams that are lined up. You've agreed that these are the things you need in this. And now we're showing you in what order we think they're needed based on what you've told us. Do you agree? Yes. Great. Okay. To get to the next place of predominantly how much is all this going to cost, we first have to say who's doing the work. Is this something you can do internally? I'm sure you can. I have no doubt you know how to do this. However, Given the time frame that we've just mapped out with your brand launch in three months, do you have the bandwidth? Because all of this on top of your day job, probably not. Well, now we need to help you uncover the budget that's going to require to get the resources, whether it's us or somebody else. I, I don't care. I'm in business to do business. Yes, but there's so much work to be done. And what you're going to remember is whether my plan works for you or not. And I'd rather solve that piece. So we go through and we build a budget. And what we're really doing is doing a couple of things. We're cataloging, or a few things. We're cataloging what's needed. We're showing what has to happen. We're putting timelines in place. We're putting a budget together. And this becomes their socialization deck to go to senior leaders to make sure that they can demonstrate what it's gonna take in a credible way and ask for a budget. Inevitably, they don't get their first budget. <laughs> you know, It's not gonna happen. That's their wish list. So what I think we're also really good at is being realistic and coming back because remember, I've done all of these things in my inner brand days and prior. I've built the templates. I've talked to every department. I have a good sense of what this takes. And I would never ask anybody to do something I haven't done. So when we then come back with a refinement 
exercise of, hey, I don't have X dollars, I have 70% of that. Well, here's what I think would make the most sense for you to take on internally, because I think you can. Here's why there's value to have somebody take this off your plate because it's a headache. Great example, do not try and build your PowerPoint template in-house. That is Microsoft pain in the neck. That's where money is best spent, especially if you're a financial services firm and it's such a powerful tool. Spend the money to have someone build it the right way from the get-go because you don't get it back and all you're going to get is complaints when it's out there and people aren't seeing it. Do it right the first time. However, if you have to redo your ID badge, you could probably figure out how to extend your new brand onto a badge if people are Ill, still going into your office. So I think there's, there's places. Now, if you have all the money in the world, awesome. Most of us don't. Most of us need to figure out a budget that works within our budget and how to get things done. And I think that's, that is definitely part of the exercise that we do. And I believe what we do really well, the plan, right-sizing it, scaling it, pushing teams internally where we think it makes sense, but also really being good at recommending where it can be outsourced and why. Um, and, and people, our clients typically appreciate that approach to it. Um, that's why we're still in business, I guess. <laughs> you know? I love it. I love it. Well, where can people find you and, and start yeah. the process of getting in touch with you? Thank you. So so LinkedIn is a great place uh, always, uh, but our website, 1010group.com slash BC. So T-E-N, T-E-N, group, all spelled out, dot com slash BC for business choreography. Awesome. Well, great. Guys, go check that out, 1010group.com slash BC, and uh, you will see some of the resources they have available for you and how you can uh, get in touch and, and start the process. Uh, guys, this is so valuable. Your, your branding is such an extension of you, and uh, there's so much value to it, and there's so much importance to it. And if it's the right time for you to be doing this, hopefully uh, Darren sparks some, some ideas and some concepts and some energy around that so you can get it moving forward. Darren, before we let you go, can you leave us with some words of wisdom? It is a, a rebranding exercise or even managing your brand is not a, a small feat. Uh, I would say plan as early on as you can be realistic. It does not matter what you say you will do as long as you deliver on your promises and you manage expectations. So the best piece of advice is as you go through this journey, if you're considering a rebrand, build your story, build your why story. Why are you doing this? Build your plan. Don't overpromise and underdeliver. Be very realistic in what you can do and stick to it. And again, properly manage expectations. So that, that would be my, and, and if you have questions, I'm always here to talk. I love talking to people. Awesome. Right. You don't have to hire me to talk to me. I love it. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us on the episode today. We are so thankful, uh, Darren, that you would come and share your expertise, your knowledge with us and your journey. And uh, guys, as usual, keep working on choreographing your business. There are so many pieces that need to be attended to, and uh, you can't let that ball drop. So until next time, we'll see you on the Business Choreography Podcast. Keep choreographing your business. We'll see you. Thanks, Michael. Thanks for joining us today. Want more business choreography? Check out our website at bizchoreo.com to find out more. And find out how the choreography for your marketing operations and sales can raise your revenue and create more impact. Remember, every business needs choreography.